welcome to Dragonfire Books episode 15. Today we're going to do The Dragon Warrior and The Fallen Hero. The Fallen Hero is actually a sequel to The Dragon Warrior. They're both by the author Katie Zhao. She's Chinese-American. She grew up in Michigan. And this is her debut. Her debut novel. Okay, so The Dragon Warrior came out in 2019. Um, There are 330 pages. The genre is fantasy. Um, It was recommended to me by a really good friend of mine. Her name's Grace. She loves books, too. The sequel came out really recently in 2020, late 2020. It's a really interesting book. I really like it. I think they are done really well. The format and just how the author describes stuff and does the characters and everything reminds me a lot of the Rick Roden books. Um, So I think that's really interesting. Another thing I want to say is that I'm super excited for a new book coming out in April, on April 6th specifically. Arusha and the, the City of Gold. It's the fourth of the Pandava Quartet, which actually, um, you, you guys can remember the first book from my first episode. A brief summary of the story is like, okay, so at the beginning of The Dragon Warrior, this girl, Farron, she is at this place called the Jade Society in, um, San Francisco's Chinatown. So she's just training, but because she's half, um, European, the leader of the Jade Society is doesn't allow her to um train with the other warriors, her and her her brother Alex. Um, so they train with their grandpa. So another thing that I found really interesting is the author chose to make it so her brother Alex wasn't actually her biological brother. And I think that's really interesting. Um he joined the side of the gods against his sister, partly because the spear Feng Guang was controlling him. And also because the gods said that if he um, helped them in the war, which and and what the, and, and what they wanted to do, um, the Jade Emperor, he wanted to wipe out all humans who didn't worship the gods. So Alex had to join them because the Jade Emperor threatened him, and he also said that if Alex joined them and helped them win the war, then he would help Alex find his biological parents. A few other characters are her friends Ren and in and later in the second book and Molly, who dies in the first. In, in the first book, we actually see her later in the second book, because in the second book, I'm not going to spoil it if you're going to read the book, but yeah, um, you can just expect that. And then in the second, later in the second book, we have Ren, who is also in the second book, Ashley and Jordan. Ashley is like kind of her enemy, but then um, they're like frenemies, kind of like Molly and she were in the first book. And just, I think that I really like how the author chose to change her characters as the book progressed. I think it's it's very engaging the way she does that at the beginning of the of of the books. In the first one, well, I, I don't want to give that much away, but in the first one, she is at the Jade Society and she's in the room and it's Chinese New Year and um they are going to have like a festival, but then that um but then this god comes up yeah so and at the beginning of the second book she she is at the new order in the first book the goal is to um get to the feast of the gods so that she can become the heaven um the heaven breaker and be the general of the jade emperor's army but then she drops feng guang on accident because they fell into the sea then she drops Feng Guang and it washes up on the shore and her brother Alex picks it up, with co- which causes him to start being controlled by the spear, etc. The, the theme of the second book 
is that they have to go to the underworld because they have to get this weapon for the Monkey King because without it, it's the only it's the only weapon that can oppose Fangguang. It was really it was a really cool timing to read the book because um it, we, Chinese New Year had just finished and we celebrate Chinese New Year so um we talked about what um animal everyone was. And then we had to go up to my popa, and we and we each got a lot of money. So, um, so um, I think that was just great timing. And um, now it's time for my favorite part of the episode: the excerpts. We're gonna start with the first book. It's kind of different for this one because um, I've only done one one like this before. It is the I forget which episode was that that was. Oh, it was a Sal and Gabby episode. So. On this one, we're going to start with from the beginning of each book. Well, I'm not going to do the beginning of the second book because that might give some stuff away, but yeah. Okay, here we go with chapter one of the Dragon Warrior. Chapter one. On the eve of Lunar New Year, the demons invaded. I was pretty used to this happening. Demons swarmed the streets of San Francisco's Chinatown every new Lunar New Year. Of course, these demons were just humans dressed as fearsome beasts like golden lions and red dragons, who danced down the streets to the beat of drummers and exploding firecrackers. Real demons would make the annual San Francisco Lunar New Year parade a lot more interesting, but nobody had seen one around here in decades. I couldn't see much through the tiny window on the south side of our small one-room house. It was almost seven in the evening, and the sun had set an hour ago, but I didn't need to see clearly to visualize what was happening out there. When I closed my eyes, my nose filled with the scent of... Fried dumplings and dough twists, my favorite desserts of the holiday. A shiver of excitement ran through me as I held a glittering green and gold mask up to my face. Pretty soon, if I was successful, I'd be up there for real, at the parade. I was glad to wear this mask tonight. I had been born and raised in the Jade Society, a group of warriors who had immigrated from China to San Francisco, California, decades ago to protect the people of Earth by fighting demons. But I looked a little different from the other warriors. Dark brown hair and eyes identified me as half Chinese and half... Other. A blend of Egyptian, Greek, and Turkish gave me brown eyes and tan skin that, for the most part, defied the black-eyed, pale-white-skinned standard of Chinese beauty. But once I put this mask on, nobody could tell. Footsteps creaked the floor behind me, and a familiar voice teased, You're here, slowpoke. I turned towards my brother, Alex. With his arms folded across his chest in a serious expression, he looked like he was a grumpy old man, much older than his eleven years. I was about to leave. Alex pressed the finger into his lips. Shh! We don't want to wake Yee from a snap. You know he's sick. Our grandfather lay in his bed, only a few feet away from us. Thankfully, he didn't hear us over the sound of his own chainsaw-like snores. You're sure you'll be fine on your own out there, right? Alex whispered. Of course. It's not like I haven't been to Chinatown before. I know, but this time, it's different. My brother was right. I rarely ever snuck out. But tonight, a new kind of energy sparkled in the air, like static, as though hinting that real demons are prepared to crawl out of their hiding places, just like the legend said. You could seek into Chinatown instead, I offered, or come along. My brother's cheeks colored. You know I can't. Someone has to stay with Yeah, And, well, you're better at combat than I am. He said this last part in a, in a rush, like ripping off a band-aid. Grinning, I cupped my hand to my ear in an exaggerated movement. What was that? Nothing, Alex mumbled. Anyway, we better go get to the plan. He swept his curly black bangs aside to wipe sweat off his forehead and leaned against our small TV. What's step one? Sneak into town by medicine from Zhao's herbal center. I rattled off dutifully. Good, step two? My stomach growled, and I thought of my favorite meat-filled dumplings. Eat Bowser. Farron! 
Alex glanced nervously at Yaya, whose long gray goatee fanned out with each gentle snore. He rolled over, his expression pinched. Fine, I huffed. Run back home as quickly as possible, before Yaya notices I'm gone. Step three? There's a step three? I, I, I paused. Eat Bowza? Alex rolled his eyes. Farron, you're always hungry. Step three is in case what happens if you, in case you see a real demon, you're supposed to run. You are going to be trying to be cool and play the hero, all right? He gestured to the hand-me-down video game stacked by our second-hand gaming console. This isn't war fate. You won't be able to start over if you die. Next, I'm going to read an excerpt from The Fallen Hero. And this is chapter 20. And in this chapter, they're in the underworld and they have just reached the tower where the underworld is keeping the um, Ryujingo bang to, so that um, nobody can get it, you know? Yeah, so... They have to get it um, because the Monkey King said that if they got it for him, he would help them. Spoiler alert, he <laughs> tricked them so they went all the way to the underworld, went through a bunch of stuff, and came back only for him not to help them. He just did it so he could get his weapon back. So yeah. Chapter 20. I really didn't know what, ex- what I'd expect the Ryujinko Bang to look like. Something that would no doubt scream, Ultra Super Mighty Weapon of the Monkey King! When my eyes adjusted to the glow around Sun Wukong's legendary staff, I saw that it looked pretty much as, as my grandfather had always described it, a red body, gold-capped on either side. The Rui Jingo Bang could supposedly expand to the heights of heaven itself or sh- shrink to the size of a toothpick. But for now, at the top of the last glance to home tower, the staff was about the size of an average human man. I was drawn to the Rui Jingo Bang's power, like a fly to a lamplight. Can we just grab it and go? Renas, seems a bit too easy. You guys think of the trap? The trap is the weapon itself, Molly explained. Huh? Ashley wrinkled her brow. Honestly, you guys don't know anything? Molly rolled her eyes. According to the myth, the Ri Jingu Bang is, is so heavy that pretty much only the Sun Wukong has the power to pick it up. Not likely that a couple of kids could lift it. Just like Fangguang is too heavy for all except the Heavenbreaker, I muttered. Well, someone's got to at least try to grab the weapon, right? Ashley pointed out. We came all this way. Nose goes, Jordan chatted. There was a flurry of motion. Too late, I realized I was the only one without my finger on my nose. I rolled my eyes and tried to give off more bravado than I felt. Fine, I'll do it. Taking a deep breath, I strode up to the Rui, the Rui Jingu Bang, staring right back into its golden stare. You can do this, Farron. As the Heavenbreaker, I'd been the only one who could hold Fang Wong. Even if I wasn't the Heavenbreaker any longer, some of that power had stayed behind, right? I mean, I'd retained enough to have, have been able to communicate here and there with Ren. I stretched out my fingers towards the Rui Jing, Jingu Bang. I touched it gingerly at first, brushing against the cold metal of the staff. Ah! yelled Jordan. Startled, I rolled around. He flung his hands all over his face. He spread his fingers wide and peeked through them. Sorry, I thought it was going to explode. Ashley smacked him on the head. Ow! Stop scaring us. I turned back to the glowing staff. This time, I didn't hesitate before grabbing hold of the weapon with both hands. Taking a deep breath, I pulled with all my might. It was like trying to move a metal pole that weighed as much as an elephant. No matter how much I grunted, heaved, and prayed, I couldn't get the Rui Jingu Bang to budge. Not even an inch. Thanks for joining me today to chat about the Dragon Warriors. This book is available in hard or soft copy from Amazon, your local library, or your favorite independent bookstore. The sequel is too. 
Um, another thing I would like to point out is that I'll I'll be having several new episodes. Um, you can expect one about the Arusha and the City of Gold. I'll try not to give that away since it's such a new book. And the the City of the Plague God, which is a recent book I found by Sarwat Chada. It's really good. I really liked it, but you'll have to wait till the next episode to hear about it. Uh, another one is the um is the Race to the Sun, which I think is just it's about Native American mythology, and I think it's just it's a really good representation of their culture. Yeah, I'm really excited to share those books with you. So that's the end of this episode. Peace and happy reading. <laughs>